Section 25 of The Age of the Condottieri by Oscar Browning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 11 Pope Julius II, Part 2. Julius was not contented with being the most powerful man in Italy. He wished to become the most powerful man in the world. The peace between the Pope and Venice was a great blow to Louis XII he and maximilian continued the war julius sent the golden rose to henry the eighth of england who had succeeded his father a few weeks before the battle of agnadello he also granted the investiture of the kingdom of naples to ferdinand the catholic although he was still bound in a league of amity with maximilian in august fifteen ten he attacked ferrara which was an enemy of venice louis lost all patience in september he summoned a synod at blois and renounced all dealings with the pope julius replied by expelling the french embassy from the papal court he pursued his conquests in the romagna in person it was not a matter of astonishment to the italians that the pope should fight in person at the head of his army he was carried into mirandola the city of pico through the first breach made in the walls after this being unable to ride on horseback he was conveyed from town to town in a carriage drawn by four oxen in may fifteen eleven he suffered a great blow by the loss of bologna which had been left under the charge of cardinal alidosi a worthless favourite exasperated by the vices of his government the people rose in tumult pulled down the statue of julius the second which michelangelo had placed over the portal of the cathedral to commemorate the conquest of the city and cast out of its materials a cannon and a bell and recalled the bentivoli to their ancient city the cardinal fled to julius at ravenna and laid the blame on the young duke of urbino who he said had reached the town too late to save it the duke enraged at this cut Aladozi down in the public street and killed him with his own hands none of the cardinal's retinue daring to defend him julius was beside himself with rage and despair the world seemed to darken around him bologna was lost his nephew had disgraced him he was threatened by a schism and a council the rebel cardinals among whom the principal were adriano da corneto and bernardino carvajal who had deserted julius on his breach with france retired to pisa where they prepared to summon a council they said that as julius had always refused to do this the king of france had a right to call one in his place it is said that at this time maximilian had serious thoughts of making himself first coadjutor of the pontiff then actual pope and at last priest or saint it is not known whether he was serious in this design but there is evidence that he had collected three hundred thousand ducats to purchase the votes of the cardinals it is scarcely likely that he would have succeeded in securing the obedience of the world the pope on his return to rome summoned a council to meet at the lateran which was the most effective answer to his enemies in the middle of august he fell suddenly ill and in a few days a report spread through italy that he was dead his attendants plundered his palace they scarcely left the linen in his bed 
the romans determined to make an effort to restore the ancient liberties of the republic which the ecclesiastics had usurped pompeo colonna who was afterwards cardinal and roberto orsini placed themselves at the head of the movement a new pope was to restore popular rights to raise four romans to the purple and to surrender the castle of st angelo for ever to the people but julius suddenly awoke from his lethargy there was a general panic in the court and in the city colonna retired to his estates in the campagna and collected partisans for the french cause after his recovery julius the second had only one thought to drive the french out of italy as the league of cambrai had been formed against venice he would now form another league for this purpose which should be called the holy league this new alliance between the pope spain and venice was proclaimed in the church of santa maria del popolo on october fifth fifteen ten it was open for henry the eighth and maximilian to join it if they pleased raimundo da cordova was made commander-in-chief money alone was needed switzerland would supply soldiers in plenty julius had given the cardinal's hat to schiner bishop of sion the swiss had hitherto fought in the cause of france schiner now enlisted them in troops for the service of the pope just a month after the publication of the holy league the schismatic council held its first sitting in pisa it was a mere shadow of the council which had sat there a century before it comprised two archbishops fourteen bishops and a few abbots who were all placed under the pope's ban the pisans closed their cathedral and the council soon transferred itself to milan in the war of the league which now ensued the soul of the french army was gaston count of foix and duke of nemours sister's son to louis the twelfth gaston speedily conquered bologna bergamo and brescia this last conquest was sullied by a terrible slaughter the unhappy city was quickly sacked says a contemporary and all its male inhabitants were either killed or taken prisoners a thing cruel indeed but almost necessary gaston tried to save the convent of nuns from attack but was unable to do so this took place on february nineteenth fifteen twelve and appeared to be a realization of the prophecies of savonarola gaston had been ordered to fight a decisive battle before the swiss could have time to descend from their mountains or henry the eighth to land in normandy and before maximilian had declared himself the conquered territory was to be preserved for the future pope and naples was to be attacked by the victorious army of the french with this intention he appeared before the walls of ravenna on a low swampy ground where the roman fleet had once ridden at anchor was fought on april eleventh fifteen twelve the terrible battle of ravenna one of the bloodiest on record a battle fought on easter sunday between the most holy pope and the most christian king gaston had under him eight thousand french and italians five thousand gascon five thousand german mercenaries together with splendid cavalry and artillery the army of the league which contained the veterans of consalvo was commanded by cardona on one side was cardinal san severino clad in full panoply of mail on the other giovanni de medici the luxurious epicurean afterwards pope leo x the artillery fire lasted two hours 
then the french cavalry completely routed the spanish giovanni de medici was taken prisoner giuliano de medici afterwards pope clement the seventh fled for safety the struggle between the german and spanish infantry was terrible just in the flush of victory as he charged with french fury in the final encounter gaston de foix was killed he was only twenty-two years of age he has left a brilliant name in that chivalrous time but impartial judgment cannot acquit him of needless cruelty the victory of the french was complete ravenna was plundered for four days rimini forli cesena siena imola opened their gates rome and naples would not have been safe if there had been a general competent to lead on the troops but gaston de foix had fallen at the moment of greatest need this battle is remarkable among other things as marking the transition from the medieval to the modern methods of fighting cannon were largely used but pikes spears and halberds were no less efficacious the chivalrous nobility of france italy and spain appeared in full armour the battle was undoubtedly won by the steadiness of the swiss and german infantry who held their own against a storm of onslaught when the news of the defeat reached the vatican the consternation was very great the cardinals counselled peace the pope prepared to fly but he soon recovered courage and sending for the ambassadors of spain and venice told them that he would risk one hundred thousand ducats and his tiara to chase the french from italy he was really saved by the swiss cardinal Schinetter was not ungrateful for his elevation he got together a force of twenty thousand mountaineers and sent them over the alps to invade the milanese the french were forced to retreat into lombardy and to give up all idea of marching against rome the pope felt so secure that he was able to open the lateran council on may second there were present at the first sitting fifteen cardinals thirteen patriarchs ten archbishops fifty-six bishops two abbots four masters-general of orders the florentine pietro squarcialupi senator of rome and the ambassadors of spain venice and florence girolamo vic francesco foscari and antonio strozzi the council was opened with an ostentatious display of military pomp a fortnight later the pope was able to announce the renewal of the holy league henry the eighth of england had promised to support the power of the papacy which he afterwards did so much to destroy and maximilian also agreed to join in driving the french out of italy thus by skilful diplomacy a brilliant victory had been turned into a disastrous defeat cardinal chine recovered cremona and lodi and entered milan at the end of june the victory of ravenna bore no fruit giovanni de medici escaped from prison and the french retreated from italy pope julius was now again at the height of his power and it might seem that he had recovered it by the direct interposition of providence bologna drove out the bentivogli and made its submission to the pope alfonso of ferrara was solemnly reconciled with him a congress of the allies was held at mantua at which were present raimondo de cardona as spanish viceroy and the representatives of the emperor the pope the venetians the swiss and the florentines the possession of milan was secured to massimiliano sforza the son of il moro a boy of fifteen 
the fate of florence was more difficult to determine at this time as we have seen piero soderini was standard-bearer for life the league wanted money and florence under its present rulers was not able or not willing to grant it whereas much more might be expected from the medici king ferdinand had given an uncertain voice with regard to the destiny of florence but cardona demanded the deposition of soderini and the recall of the medici when these conditions were refused and the negotiations for money dragged on slowly the war against florence was declared to be the business of the entire league prato was besieged by the viceroy and taken on october twenty ninth the sack of the city by the infuriated dogs of spain is one of the most terrible events in italian history a contemporary says the sack was universal of all property of all persons and of all places sacred and profane of the rapes incests and adulteries which followed i will not speak for shame florence was ill prepared for defence a sedition broke out which had been long brooding a number of young men went to the palace crying that they wanted no more of the standard-bearer on august twenty fourth soderini left the public palace and on september the first giuliano de medici entered florence cardinal giovanni followed and then his nephew lorenzo giuliano the second son of lorenzo the magnificent was regarded as the head of the house after piero's death but cardinal giovanni was really the soul of the government a conspiracy of the piagnoni to restore liberty to florence which broke out in february fifteen thirteen under the leadership of agostino capone and pietro paolo boscoli was easily suppressed niccolo machiavelli was imprisoned in consequence of it he had lost all his offices at the change of government parma and piacenza now submitted themselves to the pope the first time that they had been under papal dominion since the original donation of pepin the madonna di san sisto of raffaele which was painted for a church in piacenza is a standing memorial of the divine favour which those cities might expect who sought for the mediation of the pope by accepting his authority but these very successes had within them the germ of future dissensions venice was discontented with her share of the plunder maximilian did not approve of the aggrandizement of the papal see he was also desirous to obtain the duchy of milan for his grandson charles a project which was strongly opposed both by julius and the swiss who were now a considerable power in europe matthew lang cardinal and bishop of genoa came to rome in november fifteen twelve to attend the lateran council as representative of the emperor this secured the countenance of the emperor for this ecumenical council in opposition to the schismatical council which had now removed from milan to lyon the emperor and the pope also agreed to make common cause against venice who refused to surrender the important towns of verona and vicenza julius the second now stood at the height of his power he had established the authority of his council had driven the french from italy gained the friendship of the emperor and enlarged the states of the church he ruled with undisputed sway over the fairest provinces in the heart of italy there is some reason for believing that his next enterprise would have been to turn his arms against the spaniards and to recover naples just at this juncture he died he fell ill with fever at the end of january fifteen thirteen 
and could not be present at the fifth session of the lateran council held on february sixteenth in that year in which were promulgated the famous constitutions for the abolition of simony and the election of the popes one of the most important events of his reign he gave orders for his burial lamented the sins and offences of his life and with his last breath absolved the seigneury of venice and the duke of ferrara from censure a vain attempt was made to rescue him by a draught of melted gold he died in the night between february twentieth and twenty first all rome felt that a mighty spirit had departed julius the second besides being one of the greatest of popes was one of the most conspicuous princes of his time but whatever may have been his eminence in the councils of church and state it is impossible to dissociate his memory from the names of bramante raffaele and michelangelo all these he employed in turn on the great work of st peter's a building which was planned as the emblem of a new era and a new church bramante made the design for the mighty temple raffaele decorated the vatican with undying frescoes michelangelo raised as he said the dome of the pantheon in the air as a symbol of a church which was to embrace the whole of christianity also the great tragedy of the sculptor's life was to have projected the gigantic monument of julius too vast a conception ever to be realized instead of that majestic dream the figures of prophets and virtues the sarcophagus raised aloft by titanic representations of heaven and earth all that marks the burial place of julius is a small slab in a chapel of st peter's while the most notable fragment of the monument the horned moses with its cataract of beard is to be sought in a distant church julius had no successor the sceptre of the temporal power fell from the grasp of weaker hands the building of the cathedral of st peter's laid taxes upon the catholic world which could only be met by the sale of indulgences an abuse which roused the indignation of christianity and stirred up the revolt of luther End of section twenty five